You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning, and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Denim Marketing. Denim Marketing knows that marketing isn't one size fits all, so try them on for a comfortable fit. Blue River Development has been actively developing this year and creating all sorts of really cool deals. You'll remember that we had them on air earlier this year talking about their top gun approach to land development. I am thrilled to be joined in studio today by Bobby Stamps, Director of Investment Sales and Strategic Partner, and Brad Cooper, Managing Principal of Blue River Development. Welcome to the show. Hey, Carol. Morning. Thanks for having us. Yes, Carol, thank you. We're excited to be back. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Let's just do a quick kind of refresher about you guys um, for our audience. Bobby, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and yourself. Well, my background, I've been in in this business over here with Brad and Michael at Blue River for about four years now. Before that, I was in residential sales for real estate for a couple of years uh, before I made the transition over here. Before that, uh, people wonder what I did for the first you know, 45 years of my life, I was in uh, the music business forever uh, here in Atlanta and uh, was able to do a lot of cool and interesting things doing that. And then, you know, what's the perfect transition from music, but to uh, real estate, uh, everybody does that, right? Yeah, absolutely. From music to real estate, why not? Uh, well, Brad, remind our audience about your background. Yes, thanks, Carol. Uh, Brad Cooper, I'm managing principal at Blue River Development. Uh, been in the business for 22 years. Um, my partner is my brother, Michael Cooper, and we um, we're do land and lot origination development and land banking for national home builders, regional builders, and single-family rental funds and operators. Been doing it for 22 years and uh, plan to do it for another 22 years. It sounds like a plan to me. Well, Brad, give us a brief overview about you know what Blue River Development's up to and how things are different for you given the current changes in the market. Well, you're exactly right. There are changes in the market and it's happening fast. Um, so obviously we've all just come off of a nice ride the last few years and uh, we've been spoiled, but um, but things are changing fast. In fact, most of the national home builders or most all builders have stopped working on land um, completely, which is, uh, which is crazy, but we've remained bullish. Um, we still, we look at supply and demand imbalances and different from the last major recession we had in 2008, 2009, there's no spec homes on the market. There's no vacant developed lots. So we look at if you were to go through a land deal today and start on it, you probably wouldn't get to a, an LDP or land disturbance permit for two years, which means you wouldn't have a finished lot until 2025. And we talked to most of the DPs through Atlanta and through other markets we're in. If you talk about their pipeline, they're pretty good in 23, 24 starts to get a little weak and 25 it almost virtually disappears. So it's kind of silly that they stop working on land deals today that won't impact their lot supply until 2025. But, you know, we're here to provide that service and we're still remaining very bullish. We're being selective, but um, but everybody is. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You're not the first developer that's told me that they're bullish and still you know, doing their best to develop. And the reality is, if you're not developing now, then when we get to 2025, 2026, you're not going to have any lots. And without lots, you're, you know, you can't build. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how this plays out over the next couple of years for sure. So Brad, talk about interest rates rising and how how you know has this changed with build for rent you know has it impacted underwriting and demand for build for rent with these interest rates continuing to go up oh absolutely we've never seen in this country this this um this environment before with rates rising as fast as they are um which certainly has an impact in in everything but especially in the income property side which is the build for rent side um you know, we used to see deals in the last, you know, year, year and a half where people would get, you know, a four and a half to 5% return on cost. And that was great. And it worked and money was cheap enough or it was, it was doable. Now we've seen that uh, going in yield requirement change to north of 6% in most cases. I mean, it depends on if it's a really good deal. Um, you might be able to get in the high fives, but I, I, I think that's just going to continually go up. What does that mean? That means that it's a direct impact to the finished product price. Um, and so somebody's taking that hit. Um, the builders in most cases can't take that kind of hit. So what we're seeing is getting more different creative deal structures. Um, you know, some builders, you know, the costs have come down, uh, construction costs have come down, which is great. Um, so that helps a little bit and they're starting to get more willing to work with these um, rental groups because you know their sales aren't as good as they used to be but what we're also seeing is you know the 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 build for rent funds coming in on the land earlier and what that means is they're coming in and taking all the financial risk but they're also paying somebody to do a fee development and to fee build the product so it takes the margin from the developer a little bit out and it takes the margin from the home builder gets them in at a basis that will get them the desired yield that makes sense in today's environment. So, you know, what a builder's done, they've adapted. I say a lot of builders are now getting on the bandwagon to be a fee, fee builder because somebody needs to build the houses. And, you know, they have little to no financial risk under that scenario. And it's become a important revenue stream for a lot of these builders. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I hear about more and more builders that are fee building for build for rent. But then I also hear that, um, you know, that the build for rent companies are really pulling back. Do you see that going on? Well, I think that they still, a lot of them are funded with private equity. So they still have capital they need to place, but they're being much more selective. You're absolutely right. Um, we're seeing less deals in tertiary markets. We're seeing, um, you know, be more selective on product, on pricing. Um, you know, I, I just think, and, and again, the capital markets are frozen right now. So, you know, what we're experiencing right now is, is probably going to be, I think, the worst of it because what most people want is certainty. And right now there's no certainty on where rates are going to land. So I think we're going to see things stabilize into next year. And, uh, and again, there's still a massive amount of capital chasing this asset class. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bobby, you've been at the forefront of the build to rent movement in Atlanta for the past few years. Can you elaborate on how you and Blue River have worked and impacted this build to rent market that's so incredibly hot? Yeah, absolutely, Carol. You know, excuse me, you know, we were always selling deals and lots to groups like American Homes for Rent and Resi Build, who were build for rent groups, but since they handled their own vertical construction, for our purposes, they were, you know, basically the same as a traditional builder. The light 
you know, went on for me when a group called Haven Realty Capital reached out to us after seeing a press release on one of the deals that we sold to American Homes. Um, they came to town, came to the office, you know, kind of introduced themselves, told us that they were, you know, wanting to buy finished product, wanting to buy entire neighborhoods for, you know, to hold in their rental portfolio. Um, they could enter a deal at any stage, but they preferred to buy home, buy finished product at CFO. Uh, you know, share with us their desired deal size, product, desired locations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Had a good conversation with those guys. Um, they left, and I immediately thought, well, hmm, we had sold a deal to Davidson, um, Stapleton Park down in McDonough. I gave Greg Derez a call and, you know, said, hey, Greg. We just had these guys in the office. They're a bill for rent group. They're, you know, heavily capitalized. They want to, you know, buy finished product. I think that your deal, the timing works out as you guys had not started going vertical yet, but, uh, you know, we had delivered a lot. So the timing seemed to be right. Uh, and Greg being the, you know, entrepreneurial guy he is and outside the box thinker he is, you know, thought about it and, and said, well, hmm, tell me more. And I said, well, you know, they, they're going to pay you retail pricing, and, and you know by retail that's that's market rate. You know whatever the market bears, that's what they'll pay for it. Greg thought about it a little bit and, and called Adam, and Adam again as being an entrepreneur, outside the box thinker. You know they called back and said, "Hey, you know what? I, I think we can make something like this work." Um, long story short, thirty minutes after Haven left our office, we had a deal, a verbal agreement between Haven and Davidson for two neighborhoods and 154 units uh, that Davidson would deliver to those guys at CFO. And, you know, I think at that point, given where we were in the market and given just the shift, in my opinion, to a more rental society, you know, I told, I, you know, called Brad Michael and said, look, guys, I think that this is going to be the next wave. I'm going to really immerse myself into this space. In my opinion, it made too much sense not to. You know, we were we were land guys. You know, we were we, you know, like Brad says, we're good at, at finding the land and titling it, taking it through the permit, delivering it to the builders and, and letting them take it from there. So since we were the land guys, we knew the deals, we knew the builders, we knew the product, we knew lot sizes, we knew zonings, we knew high schools. That gave us a leg up on pairing, you know, the deals that were coming down the pipe and the timing of the deals with the bill for rent users, with the bill for rent groups. So as I said, I really, you know, made the decision to dive in head first, you know, started learning all we could about the space. You know, we had a lot of groups calling us. We called a lot of the bill for rent groups. We probably hosted 10 or more of them in our conference room and, and learned about them, learned about their desires for the market. Probably had conference calls with, you know, I don't know, 20 to 30 more, learned things about, you know, what kind of deals they look, they're looking for, what kind of underwriting they do, what kind of structures they're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there, you know, as, as I think we've talked about on your show before, Carol, the IMN bill for rent conferences go on quarterly. Uh, we started attending all of those. We sponsored some of them. Uh, we were really active hosting cocktail parties in the evening, having, you know, groups there, having, you know, funds there, just really doing all we could to network and, and stay ahead of whatever curve there was so that we could gather the best intel from all the main players in the bill for rent game. Well, it's got to be a pretty big group of people, hasn't it? It's a, it's a big game as you call it. It, it. it really is. It really is. And 
you know, it, and it grew, you know, initially there were, well, you know, again, there were American Homes and there was Resi and there were a few other groups. A lot of those groups, you know, came from buying. And I think most of them did grow from buying, you know, homes on the courthouse steps after the crash. Right. And then they, they all realized, what can we do? Okay, we can't buy homes on the courthouse steps forever. You know, there are no foreclosures now, so what can we do? The builders aren't selling us homes. We can't buy them from, you know, individual sellers. Let's just start developing land and build them ourselves. And that's what they did. Um, you know, and, and I'm really happy with, with where we are. I'm proud of, you know, the team at Blue River to date. Uh, we've brokered, we've got 15 neighborhoods going, either either that are either closing or, or you know, will be closing soon. Two different bill for rent groups uh, from multiple builders here in Atlanta and Huntsville uh, that total over 2,000 homes. Wow. And that's not, yeah, and that's, you know, that's not including the roughly 4,000 lots that we've sold to, uh, you know, groups, either builders, bill for sale groups, other guys that intend on doing their own vertical for bill for rent, but 4,000 lots that will ultimately be uh, rental lots, rental houses. Well, it's really interesting, and it makes a lot of sense. You think about, you know, the the Great Recession and them buying the houses mm-hmm. on the courthouse steps, and how decentralized that is. You know, as opposed to building right. an entire community that, you know, you can go through and update everything all at once, or you know, if you've got, you know, a, a faucet or a, you know, whatever that goes back bad in right. one home, you know that that's going to probably, you know, hit all of them. So you can make plans and you can really consolidate your maintenance and a lot of other things around a whole community. Well, you're right, and that's what's touched on. Uh, or I think there's a lot of a lot of misinformation in the bill for rent space. You know, I'll, I'll give a story about the deal that we sold to Haven down in McDonough. A good friend of mine lives down there in that area, and he didn't know we had anything to do with the deal. Um, but he called me out of the blue one day, and we were talking about, you know, whatever. And he goes, man, they're building this this entirely new neighborhood next to mine, and it's going to be all rentals. And, it, you know, we're all up in arms about it. And I said, Jason, think about it, man. You know, this is going to be owned institutionally. They're going to do all the lawn care. They're going to handle all the maintenance. They're going to run the HOA much more strict than any, you know, typical HOA is run. They can, you know, if a, if a resident, you know, say they park too many cars on the street or they uh, don't take care of the property or they have too many loud parties, they evict them. You can't mm-hmm. do that in a bill for sale neighborhood, right? Right. Yeah. I said, again, you know, you don't have to worry about the neighbor that doesn't take care of his lawn. You don't have to worry about the neighbor that, you know, that fixes his car in the driveway. You don't have to worry about the neighbor that has you know, seven cars parked in the dream. You don't have to worry about any of that. And I said, I will promise you this. Come see me in three years. That neighborhood will look significantly better than any bill for sale neighborhood in the market. Well, you know, you think of it, and I think you've made the point exactly, but, uh, you know, the bill for rent, you know, investor, you know, owner, you know, has to re-rent that home every year. You know, you 100%. sell that for sell home once, and then that person's going to stay there mm-hmm. five to seven years, probably, before you have mm-hmm. a chance to run them off if you're their, you know, neighbor. But if you're in a well, for rent community, you know, they've got to re-rent that home every year, even if it's just getting the person who signed that lease this year to sign up again next year. So they want to keep everything right. up to date and ship shape and looking amazing so that people right. continue to right. rent and they can, I mean, you know, they're getting... 
they're getting good get a good dollars for those rentals out there. So well, they want to make sure that holds. Well, you know, and this is another thing. And, you know, some of the groups we try, I try to, to educate. I've had meetings with municipalities about, you know, zonings where there was, you know, they wanted to do a rental restriction or maybe that we wanted to relax a rental restriction. And, you know, I don't think anybody's really aware that they, the underwriting for a, to rent one of these homes is, typically more strict than the underwriting to buy a home. Yeah. Um, you know, our most as as a whole, because we asked our groups how they do their underwriting. As a whole, the average renter is, um, you know, has, has a higher level of education. They have a higher income. They stay there longer. They have a less severe uh, criminal record, if that's, if that's a way to put it, but less of a, you know, less... They're less of a liability on the neighborhood or on uh, the local, you know, law enforcement, and you know those are just facts because yeah. they, you know, they're able to to do that. Uh, you know who is living next to you when you're in a bill for rent community. You know, whereas you know, if somebody buys the house next to you, mom and pop, and then decides to rent the house off Craigslist, you have no <laughs> idea, right? Yeah, you know, and um, you know, you you really don't, and so you know, I think that. And I get it. The municipalities are just, they're reacting to the constituents. You know, I didn't really want to get much into the, the municipalities and the government aspect of it, but I know the, the constituents show up at the meetings and they're, they're waving pitchforks and wearing red shirts and have something written on the shirt, you know, and they're yelling um, just because, you know, and again, I think it's just, they don't, they don't know, but I think the groups are doing a good job of educating people. And not only that, you know, as we move on, people are, we're becoming more and more of a rental society. Right. Uh, in fact, the, the, and it, it is not just the young kids, you know, ages 35 to 64 makes up the highest percentage of new renters. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice. You know, they want to be able to leave and go visit the grandkids or, you know, the kids right. or go on vacation if you're younger or, you know, they don't, people want the, they want to live in a new home community or a single family community with their yard and, you know, their little fenced in yard for their dog, right. but it's even better if they don't have to take care of it. Right. A hundred percent. Well, and, and if, then when something goes wrong, your, your HVAC breaks or your water heater springs a leak, you just make a call. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and some of these, call, like, I, yeah, some of them, even if it's your light bulb goes out, you just call the, you know, whoever the rental management company and they'll come replace yeah. your light bulb. So, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Well, what are you excited about for next year? What's on the horizon? Well, I, I think we're real excited about just the relationships we have with, with our current groups we're working with and home builders and rental funds. And, you know, we're, we're optimistic that, Things are going to stabilize next year. I mean, we are in a recession or we're going to be in a recession, but that's fine. But most importantly, we're very fortunate to be in the markets we're in. People are moving here. There's households being formed. There's jobs. There's just a thriving economy in Atlanta, especially. Um, and people are going to need housing. And we're here to, to help provide a critical component in the supply chain of housing. Crafting the perfect marketing strategy is like constructing the perfect pair of jeans. You need all the right components and expertise. Unlike trying on a dressing room full of jeans, Denim Marketing makes the process painless and easy. Denim Marketing is the market leader in creating quality original content for home builders, developers, remodelers, and others in the industry. Call 770 383 
888-888-3360 or email carol at denimmarketing.com to find out how Denim Marketing can be a comfortable fit for your social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, email marketing, blogs, and other marketing needs. So if you had a crystal ball for next year, where do you think the biggest successes are going to be? I know you work in a variety of markets. Do you see, you know, Charlotte or Huntsville or Atlanta or Tampa or, you know, what do you think is going to be hot? Well, I mean, I think all those markets are going to be um, great markets to be in. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but we're still bullish on all the markets we're in, which is, you know, Atlanta, Huntsville, Charlotte, certain parts of Florida. We've been, you know, touch and go in, but, um, but I think Atlanta is going to be great. Um, it is so difficult to do deals in Atlanta. We're so undersupplied. I, I think we're going to be fine. Um, it's just going to be a little bit of a reset and, and we need costs to come down, you know, land costs, we need construction costs, we need development costs. And um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, earlier, we call it rockets and feathers. I mean, the costs go up like a rocket, but they come down like a feather. So it's, uh, it's kind of funny how that works, but it's going to take time. And uh, we're optimistic that things will come back down to where we can get into a more normalized market. A normal market would be nice, wouldn't it? I don't think we've seen one of those really in quite some time. <laughs> no, you're right. Talk a little bit about, you know, you, you read a lot in the news and, you know, about, you know, some of these funds going over, you know, going under, or, you know, one fund buying another fund. And of course, you know, we've got all these crazy shock and all headlines as it is. But you know, what is sure, the current sure. state of the build for rent market? Well, I think the current state now, as we all know, especially in this game, I mean, uh, you know, everybody's a little apprehensive. But the positive is that every group and, and you know, again, now when times are, you know, the past couple of years, it's all everybody's been having a great time. You know, we just call each other and I'll send you a deal. We do a deal and then we meet at the conference and we have drinks in Vegas and everything's peachy. You know, but now that things are shaky, that's when we really try to stay in touch with everybody and and learn what their outlook is, what their forecasts are, what their future desires are, what we can do to help them moving down the road, which ultimately will help us. Uh, you know, moving down the road and, and help us better serve our builders that, that we're working with here in town. Um, you know, everybody's really, really confident moving forward. I mean, every group that I've talked to has no aspirations of pulling back or going away. They still feel real bullish on the market, especially in the Sun Belt where we are. Right. Um, you, you know, so so that's a good thing. Um, and, and they see the they see the same numbers. I mean, you know, over the last ten years, number of rental units in America has risen by four million, right. and that number yeah. is only going to continue to rise exponentially. Uh, every group that we've talked to plans on being here for a long time. The demand is that the the rentals will still be there. You know, that being said, things are much different than they were twelve to eighteen months ago. Right. Okay. But you name me a retail sector that is not. Right. <laughs> Good boy. So, you know, and, you know, and I, I, I've had, you know, I had builders call me and say, hey, you know, I heard the bill for rent guys will pay 20 percent more for my for my deal. Or I heard, you know, they I heard they do, you know, this, that and they do dumb deals or whatever. And, you know, there were some deals done in 20 and 21 that, you know, we couldn't believe just based on where they ended up price wise and whether we're going to be in finished product. That was basically a byproduct of so many people flooding the space with so much money, but mainly they were able to project rent growths 
uh, over the course of their hold. And each each group has a different term that they you know intend to hold for, maybe five years, seven years, 20 years, whatever it is. So you can afford to pay a little more than you want to right now. If you can project out five years from now, your rents will be here. Right. And that, that justifies sense. that price. Well, now, today, and I just had a call earlier this week with one of our main groups that's, you know, really, really talented guys. And they said, you know, right now, today, we can't project rent growth. We, rents aren't right. falling, but we can't project rent growth at that same level. So that, coupled with the price, the cost of their capital, you know, which we're all having to pay a lot more for anything we do now, that coupled with the cost of their capital is making them be a lot more selective in what they can do. And that, that doesn't only mean, you know, the price, what they can be in a finished unit for. You know, it also means where, you know, where they want to, where they want to extend out to, you know, like some of the tertiary markets that they used to, yeah, let's make, you know, let's make this place work, you know, an hour outside of Atlanta. Yeah, we can make it work. Now they want to get a little more comfortable and be a little closer to the job centers and a little closer uh, in. So, you know, that it makes it easier for them to justify to their investment committee. Right. Um, but, you know, the the overall state of it is, like I said, is really good. I think everybody's just trying to see how it's going to shake out. And I think everybody seems to be waiting until, you know, the election. Obviously, that's going to have that's going to play out. Uh, you know, with, with the sentiment moving forward. Uh, but at the end of the day, the market's going to ultimately dictate where things shake out. Right. Um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll touch on it a little later, but builders, uh, you know, aren't making the same margins they were a year ago, but again, neither is anybody, uh, but with the bill for rent groups, but they're not making the same margins if they sell to John and Susie average American either. Right. It's just, everybody's got to, you know, kind of get comfortable with the fact that, we're not in, you know, 21 anymore and COVID magic is gone. And now we got to get <laughs> back to, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe a little more, a uh, little more normalcy. Well, do you have any quick tips for home builders looking to work with build for rent um, investors or funds? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and I would encourage it. Um, I've talked to, I mean, so many builders in town, you know, right now today, the main thing I would say is just, you know, be flexible have an open mind in terms of deal structure. You know, don't, don't just draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, one of the things I love about working with our bill for rent groups is, is they're all, they're small shops. They're all very entrepreneurial and they have the ability to be very flexible and accommodating to, to what each specific builder is looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and so what that means is, you know, this, and every builder wants something different, right? And so have an open mind. If you're, you know, have an open mind with going in with these guys, you know, explain to them what you want. Don't just tell them, you know, don't take their first offer and say, nope, I'm not doing it. Um, Have an open mind, go in, see what you can make work. Let me, I'll I'll share one little, a a deal that we've got going right now. We sent an offer to one of the nationals here in town and, you know, I got a very swift, nope, we're not doing that. So I called back and said, look guys, look at the big picture, run the numbers. Take out, figure all of the costs, figure your carry costs, figure everything. Run the numbers and tell me how it doesn't work. Sure yeah. enough, I got a call back a day later. They said, you know what? It does work. Let's move forward on it. There move you go. forward till today. Move yeah. forward to today. Last week, same builder called me and said, hey, man, based on what's been going on in this market, based on where we are, you've made my year with those deals. Thank you very much for putting that in place. <laughs> so we're we're happy, you know, about things like that. Yeah. So, 
you know, I would encourage builders to do it. Just be flexible, be open, you know, let those guys know what you want and they can, they can accommodate it. Now that is fantastic advice. And I'm sure that we have some listeners that want to get more information on how they can get into the build to rent space and how they can work with Blue River Development. So where can they go to get more information from you and on Blue River? Well, yes, thank you for asking. And again, thank you so much for having us on this podcast again. We're absolutely huge fans and, and appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Uh, they can go to our website, blueriverdevelopment.com. Now, that sounds fantastic. I think that you and I could talk about build to rent all day. And it's certainly, um, it's fascinating to me to watch. And it'll be fun to watch it over the next year or two or, you know, five or 10 and see where it goes. Um, But we're out of time for today's show. So I'm going to call this a wrap of this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I want to thank Bobby Stamps and Brad Cooper with Blue River Development for joining me in studio today. On behalf of our show sponsor, Denim Marketing, I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and review. You are welcome to continue our conversation by downloading and subscribing for free to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you're interested in being on the show, contact me, carol at denimmarketing.com, and let me know what you're interested in talking to me about. And with that, thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing everybody back here next week. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, Contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show. 